Today's episode is brought to you by Chiropractic Mastery. Wouldn't it be great if your spinal problems and misalignments could correct themselves? And if you didn't need the same thing done to you every time you visit the office, best of all, what if your chiropractor could check and tell when your body didn't need any help that day at all? MC2 chiropractors correct nervous system imbalances directly so the body is best able to correct the spinal misalignment on its own. This is done without twisting, popping, cracking, or causing pain. It's so honoring to the body that most people experience a tremendous amount of improvement very quickly, often without the soreness and stiffness that may follow a more traditional chiropractic adjustment. Your chiropractor can find out more by visiting chiropracticmastery.com and checking the seminars tab. And if you're looking for a chiropractor that will custom build the most painless yet effective chiropractic adjustment for you on every visit to the office, go to chiropracticmastery.com and click on the referrals tab. everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the PK clinic of chiropractic in beautiful grover beach california today guys we have my friend dr john edwards um john is a, quite a force to be reckoned with uh, he's a published author he's an, um, an instructor for the international chiropractic pediatrics association teaching advanced webster technique applications um, and he's just an all-around good guy today on the podcast we're going to be talking um, about birth we're going to be talking about chiropractic care we're going to be talking about all those things that matter um, a little bit about Dr. John. Uh, Dr. John Doc Edwards, DC, DACCP, is an internationally recognized authority on pregnancy and natural health care. His research and advocacy has helped hundreds of local mothers experience safer, more comfortable births. He is at the happiest adjusting third trimester mamas and meeting their brand new babies. So guys, um, I, I encourage you to dig in on this one. Really, really enjoy your time. And uh, without further delay, here is Dr. John. Hey, John, thanks for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. So, so guys, um, if you're watching this live and not just listening to us in the podcast, uh, we got John's awesome, amazing mustache that's blasting. <laughs> um, it, it's quite beautiful, and uh, I'm a little jealous because all the beard stuff down below is growing, but the mustache just does not does not work for me. So, oh. uh, you're pro mustachioso, if that's a yeah. word. Yeah, um, I, uh, I yeah use the wax and all that, but uh, <laughs> man, the last time I saw you, you're baby face too. So this thing's been going for a while, huh? Yeah, it started as uh, kind of a, a uh, as a almost a bet by one of my good friends. He said uh, a bunch of us got together. Uh, it's it is related, I promise to to the whole message that we have here. <laughs> I like I like creating community, and uh, I've got a good dads group that we get together with and. Uh, a couple years ago, we all grew mustaches over a summer. I had to actually go back to my high school reunion with that thing on my face. Like a month <laughs> in, I looked terrible. And um, I ended up raising money for Oklahaven through that, which is the chiropractic nice. hospital in Oklahoma. We all got to pick charities to to donate our money to. Uh, had like a voting in our community and all that. And 
Excellent. So my buddy, uh, we went up to Life University to go visit the Neural Life Institute and then hung out in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And he said, you know what? Why don't you try growing that mustache again? Because he had the same thing that you do, Dan. He's like, man, my, my top lip never grows in. I've grown this thing for three months and it looks like I'm 12. And you, you should try that again. So I started off and then I started saying, what happens if I like curl it a little bit? And yeah, I started playing around with it. So yeah, it just kind of morphed into a life of its own. It's ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah, see, my story is way less interesting. I just got lazy and stopped shaving. So this is upkeep. I'm trying to find my happy balance between, you know, grooming it all the time. Anyway, uh, enough about enough about. All right. Well, let's let's get on. Let's get let's get on target. Let's talk about moms. Let's talk about babies. Um, So for those of you guys who don't know, John uh, just recently started teaching courses for the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association, which is our our basically our chief. Uh, um, credentialing body uh, within chiropractic pediatrics. Um, I've I've not had a chance to take your course yet, John, but uh, it's on my list of things that I got to do stat. Um, I know, you know, you're really into Webster, you're really into spinning babies and a bunch of other things. Um, Why don't you just give everybody the lowdown, tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do, and uh, then we can, you know, spin off into ICPA and all that good stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Happy to. Um, I've basically, and again, I, I enter that space understanding that I'm a guy talking about pregnancy. And so, uh, understanding that, especially I'm a, I'm a white guy, I'm a white middle-aged guy talking to women about pregnancy. Um, so I, 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 I enter into that with a lot of respect and deference for the people who actually go through it. Um, I do have some special talents though. And one of them is the ability to look at research and the very left brain stuff and translate that into something people can use. And also, I'm also very curious. And I also learn a lot from my mistakes. I would say that's probably the biggest thrust of how I got to where I am is I figured out that I was wrong about things and got curious about it. Um, When I was starting off, I wanted to be a chiropractor since I was about 15 years old. I figured that out. And um, I was on a track towards sports chiropractic. uh, And I was at Palmer. And someone in a um, uh, kind of a authority capacity when it came time to research, uh, had dinner with me one time and I said, this is what I wanna know about subluxation. This is what I wanna know about nerve interference. And he said, that's a great question. We haven't even figured out what subluxation is. So you go figure that out for yourself. And I was like, fine, I will. And, and uh, I applied to some grad schools, didn't get into any of them. So I cooled my heels in Australia for about three years, thinking I was going to reapply to uh, Stanford is where I wanted to go. And um, in the meantime, I ended up falling in love with family practice. I had a little boy named Harry. I still remember the day he came in and he said, my superpowers are on. He's three years old and he had this thing where his, his bowels were stuck together at the time he was born. So I had to do a surgery on him to reconnect that. He'd always had medication or a poop. And I was adjusting him like I was adjusting an adult. I, you know, would check him and I'd tell him his superpowers were on. And after a couple of weeks, his, his mom, Tara, came in and said, you know, go ahead and tell him. And he said, my superpowers are on. For the first time in his life, he pooped without any medicine. He'd stopped giving him the meds. And I was like, whoa, what's that about? Um, so it started there where it really, for me, it started with, with helping kids and as I started getting into that meant, you know, the pregnancies, I was like, man, I don't, I was not paying attention when I took that Webster class. I don't know which side I'm supposed to do the round ligament on. I'm not sure which side I'm supposed to do the sacral correction on. 
Um, and so I ended up in Jeannie Ohm's class in 2008. And I flew from where I was outside of Chicago down to Miami. And if you haven't met Jeannie, uh, those of you who are watching and listening, this woman is just a, a force in nature. So um, really switched me on on specifically this pregnancy journey. Um, I completed, started taking the courses while I was up in the Chicago area. Um, and every time that I, I met an instructor, I was like, man, there were things that I didn't know I didn't know. And I set an intention. Uh, it was about a decade, it was over a decade ago. But this is what I'm doing right now is something I, I could really step into that there wasn't anybody really answering some of the questions about pregnancy that were available to answer. I really think that pregnancy, there's, 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 a, there's a sanctity to it. There's a sacredness to it. Um, and a lot of times we treat it like a, there's a black box when things don't go the way that we expect them to. Oh, that's just the mysteries of birth, right? Um, and so while I will always feel that there's going to be an element of that, it never has stopped me from getting really curious about, well, how do I apply my technique as a chiropractor? What does that mean? And I really owe a big debt of gratitude to Matt McCoy. He wrote a book a while ago. He's a, he's a chiropractor who um, is really big in our research profession. He publishes some journals and he used to teach. And one of the questions he asked is, do you own like chiropractic and subluxation the way that dentists own cavities? Do you, do you understand the best way to correct it? Do you understand the best way to prevent it? Um, all those kinds of questions were ringing around in my head when I was in practice. And so I started writing these things down and I said, you know, maybe I need to investigate what is it that I'm checking when I'm checking woman's pelvis. And that's <laughs> led me down this, this path. Uh, you mentioned spinning babies. Uh, you know, I, I was, I would came down to Southwest Florida here, this Fort Myers area and thought I was going to set the world on fire. I said, I'm going to cut the C-section rate. We aren't going to have unnecessary interventions anymore. And I was looking at my own practice statistics and go, oh my gosh, there's like, I'm not the only thing that matters. What do you mean? Provider, <laughs> providers matter and their decision process and all that. Yeah. But I was also going, is there something I'm missing? Because I was still having, some of those labors were going a long time. And I was doing what I knew how to do at the time. And that's what introduced me to spinning babies. Jeannie had talked about it, but I didn't really understand it until I took Gail Tully's classes. I went again up into Minneapolis and took some advanced work um, uh, with the integral touch of birth uh, people at Northern Lights Wellness. And I actually just got back from there doing it again in February. And um, in, in our technique, uh, those of us who work with pregnancy, there's two main things to understanding a woman's pelvis that we always look for. One is how's the sacrum moving, the back part of the tailbone. The other part that we look at is how are those ligaments in the front all playing together? And as chiropractors for the longest time, that's kind of it. That's all we really looked at. And these midwives and body workers and cranial psychotherapists, they've been working in these other areas of, you know, if we talk about balance, we got to talk about the soft tissue too. And I'd always kind of left that to other people to do. But honestly, as chiropractors, we have a very unique skill set that applies directly to things like labor like being in that space and with our palpation skills and you know, understanding the motion and the neurology and what's going on in front of us. So over the course of you know, the last seven years since I've started Mama's Chiropractic, um, I've been able to attend births, I've been able to, to watch moms all the way through their pregnancies, I've watched C-section recoveries, I've, I've seen losses, um, and I've just tried to write it down. 
I tried to write it down and explain it. And because I feel called to be able to publish that out to, you know, to other doctors so they can learn from my experiences. Um, and that's kind of how I started getting the, the teaching gig that I got. So, yeah. Nutshell. Yeah, I mean, and we're all going to be better off as a result of you, you know, bringing your contributions back to ICPA. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think the first time that you and I met in person, John, was at the was at the summit, right? About yeah. two years. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you're I got legend. About some of the studies that you're publishing for your diplomate, I'm like yeah. right in the pipe right now with all that stuff. And it's so just, it's slogs. It's just a ton mm -hmm. of work. It uh, is. But it's so necessary because as you're talking about, I've been taking notes as you've been talking, you know, this whole, this whole thing about chiropractors owning this part of pregnancy, right? Because we, we have a, a unique skill set that nobody else has, right? We can, collaborate and complement cranial sacral workers. We can complement uh, birth advocates and, and birthing educators. Um, we can even work with body workers. I mean, yeah. it, it's great, but chiropractic has this, this unique sort of set of skills that nobody else can replicate. And what you're talking about with regards to owning like the pelvic anatomy and everything, I mean, yeah, that's super salient. It's very necessary that uh, we understand all this stuff. And furthermore, that every single pregnant mom sees a chiropractor to benefit from that unique skill set. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's insane. I, I think, well, okay. So I, I have a couple questions and I want you to answer them, you know, in any way that you see fit. Sure. One of the things that I talk about with um, with other interviewees on this podcast is how do we make this relevant to the moms that are listening and the dads that are listening? Right. Um, because we can sit up here and blow smoke up each other's butts all day long, but you know, ultimately, what's in it for our patients? Um, so let's say, for example, there's a mom. She's at home. She's never been to a chiropractor before, but somebody turned her on the podcast because mm -hmm. they wanted her to learn about this. What do you tell to this mom about why, even if she's seeing somebody else that's a body worker, why is it essential that they come to see a chiropractor? Yeah, I, I love that question. So there's a couple of things that I think that I like to go through um, that are important when we're, we're understanding chiropractic and pregnancy. Um, one is that, you know, and, and again, research is all about asking questions. And um, do I think like inside me that every person should get checked for subluxation and get adjusted? Absolutely. Um, the bigger question though, is how do you know that? When you're that mom who's never had a chiropractic experience, how do you know whether or not your body's working well? And um, that's one of the really neat things about some of the work that people like, um, there's a lady named Deb McLaughlin who's a uh, midwife and a cranial sacral therapist. And she developed a screening technique that she actually teaches to OBs and to midwives. And I think it's some really brilliant work. One is they look when they're, you know, every midwife or OB will generally palpate a mom's uterus in order to find out where the baby is. Um, one piece of information that I take from that isn't necessarily about the baby at all. It's about whether or not the uterus is sitting straight up and down, right? Um, because if it's not, I picture it like a hot air balloon. If you picture a hot air balloon and all the strings that come down from it are going to this basket, the basket's the cervix. That's where baby's going to come out. And so if it's tilted off to one side or to the other, it can be because the strings are too tight or because the other strings aren't pulling enough. And so part of what we're figuring out here is that answer to why. So if the strings are too tight, a lot of times the 
protective wrapper around the muscles or around the ligaments called fascia, that can be, that can be too tight and need restriction and release. It's a lot of body workers that can do that. There's also, you know, a lot of like physical therapists and, and techniques to help perk up those muscles if the muscles are being lazy, but we're pretty much the only profession that's going to look at, well, what if the power supply is not right? What if the brain, as it's trying to communicate into those muscles, isn't doing its job? If there's interference to that, you, know, you can do exercises all day long. If you put a rubber band around your finger, you can do these little finger things all you want, moving them up and down until you can get the blood flow in there. But then you stop doing it, then your finger's going to go numb again. So yeah. you need to see somebody who knows how to take a, you know, the rubber band off your finger if you're going to get that taken care of. Um, so that's the first, uh, first thing. The other thing is that pregnancy shouldn't hurt. It's common, but not normal to have things like pubic symphysis pain during the pregnancy. There's always a reason for it. It's not just because you're pregnant. And so um, the, that screening, the, um, there's, there's something that, that we feel for called there's a little buckle that dip out the tailbone. It's a little trickier for someone to figure out on their own, but you know the thing that almost every pregnant woman does? You know that side selfie that they take? 28 weeks, 29 weeks, my baby's like the size of a melon and now we're a pumpkin, right? So that side photo has actually been a specific area, a specialty area of research for us in our office. We've been developing over the last five years this zone that goes from the belly button to the hip. And what we see, and this is what I teach, is somewhere between 20 to 30 degrees in the horizon. If you draw a little line from the belly button to the hip, is kind of the zone where we see very straightforward, boring births. Um, it seems to be valid beginning in the, the third trimester, uh, so around 28, 29 weeks. Um, she's probably gonna be a little higher than that zone, but if she's 34, 35 weeks and her belly button's higher than that three degree mark, there's some restriction in there. And we've, we've gathered some evidence, you know, right now we, we haven't published it. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a research review process with it that says uh, over that, then, you know, picture that, that analogy with the hot air balloon again, right? The game for birth is to get the baby's crown ahead engaging with the cervix so that it opens up and the body can bloom. Well, if the baby's up too high, we're gonna miss. If the baby's down too low, we're gonna miss. Mm. So this is the just right Goldilocks area that seems to help the body bloom open. This so is crazy. I screen people on Facebook. I literally had a patient I hadn't seen in a while and she was sitting there. She's the start of her trimester. And I saw her picture on Instagram. I was like, she is way too high for where she is right now. Yeah. So I called her. I said, Hey, I need you to get back in under care. I want to do an assessment and let's have a conversation about this. Huh. So, this, is, yeah. this is fascinating. I mean, you're, you're describing what's called the clinical prediction rule in uh, research circles, which is what, what objectives, what, what variables can we use to determine whether or not somebody is going to succeed in XYZ intervention or not? Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it comes to chiropractic, clinical prediction rules are really hard because yeah. we don't have dependent and independent variables. It, 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 basically, you know when you're being adjusted and you know when you're being given a placebo. It's not like you just mm -hmm. take a sugar pill and you go home and you, you know, think yourself well. Mm -hmm. um, when you're working with pregnant moms, um, especially because chiropractors are so variable in the techniques and the approaches that they use, something like this would be, you know, completely groundbreaking. Oh, it's dynamite. It's, it, it is, it's, it's going to revolutionize birth because you can have a, like, I'm also very big on low tech. And this is something that if you have a cell phone in you know, Kenya, you can take a side picture of yourself and see, okay, well, you know, maybe I need to get online and either 
um, do some exercises, right? That's where that spinning baby stuff can come in. Um, I've also noticed, by the way, that, uh, you know, just chiropractic alone before I was doing that work, just chiropractic alone didn't always change that angle. Um, and so this is really, if, as we talk about integrative care and collaboration, this is where we can work with partners really, really well. But there's also things that you can do at home. There's these things called rebozo sifting, and there's uh, a lot of self-care that those moms can do to, to help release that lower segment of their abdomen. Or if they're too low, there's also some very easy at-home activities that they can do to strengthen the pelvis. Mm. I mean, it's, it's kind of applying the way, like chiropractors, I would argue, are probably some of the masters at understanding balance and symmetry in the body. Yeah. You look at like... If, if you ever see someone like I and you and if you're in a food court walking around, it's probably a chiropractor because we're looking to see if your shoulders are crooked or if you're leaning too far forward. We just do that as people. And, um, and so one of the things that we are starting to look at is, I don't like some of the moms will hear this. There's a term called diastasis recti where the, the abdominal muscles will actually separate. Now, if you think about the reasons why, that may not just be because we have weak ab muscles. What if like we're not breathing enough? You need, to, you need to have about seven inches of expansion on a low part of your ribs to move it out in order to accommodate the shift of all of your organs from your belly up into your rib cage. And if that's restricted in some kind of way, then they're not going to be able to do it. So then we've got tightness up there. What happens if we've got a good, strong, tight pelvic floor? And so the baby can't go down that way. So the only place for a baby to go is straight out. Yeah. And so there are a lot of things that we end up trying to correct postpartum that I think if we did a better job thinking and screening about it, we could probably prevent. Okay. So this is, this is massive. We need to talk about this. I, I, I want to go back also at some point in, in the near future to what you talked about, about you being a male white birth worker. So, so put a pin in that. I want to hit that later, sure. but, but this talking about this comprehensive prenatal care, and yeah. you talk to our colleague, Marcia Schaefer, you know, she talks about comprehensive preconception care. Yeah. Um, this is something that as you, as you have already talked about is, is not particularly common. Um, and it's, it's fairly normal for moms to go in. I'm sorry, fairly common, but not normal for moms to go in uh, by the seat of their pants when they go yeah. into birth, as opposed to, you know, preparing and um, getting their mindset correct and having, having people on their support team to be able to help them get across the finish line. Um, John, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I brought this up in another podcast. I was in Paris in April and I got to hear Michelle O'Donnell speak about primal birth and all sorts of other crazy stuff. Cool. And the thing that Michelle said, and forgive me if you guys are listening, if this is a repeat, but it does bear repetition, is that we are genetically selecting away from vaginal birth because of how much intervention we've used in the Western world to encourage moms to have birth. What this means is that moms not only need to prepare more for birth than they ever have before, but they also need to have way more support, people who are going to help them and encourage them and let them know that they can do this work because we know, you and I know, that moms are built to do this. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of moms don't know that. A lot of moms don't believe it. And that's kind of where we're, kind of how we're up against this. This comprehensive birth support uh, is, is interesting um, and it's necessary. Now you as a chiropractor practice very differently than I do. Um, you offer a very comprehensive package. It sounds like when patients come through the door, I'm a Webster purist. So when patients come through the door, I'm locating and correcting vertebral subluxation, but it does not mean that I don't co-manage my moms 
mm-hmm. with other providers who do this work, which is so important, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's super vital. Yeah, so, so that's the interesting thing about it, and um, because it's a it's a it's a good question for us as providers. Um, I'm actually the same the same way. I would say that in my appointments, we we generally will uh, the first thing that we do is is we check from top down. And, um, and and part of what the, part of the work that we're doing is is also assessing. Um, so you have to, like you, you got a couple of parts of the the nerve system that run things on automatic pilot for you. You have one part that kind of we, we've associated as a fight flight. It's a very kind of male way the neurology works uh, in women. It, so think about um, uh, I always ask my moms. So how many of you get when you get stressed out find yourself cleaning or. Uh, or you call up your mom or you call up your sisters, your girlfriends and, and just have a good chat. It seems that in, in the female neurology that instead of a fight flight, what happens is more circling up and I call it tend and befriend. So you have that system and then you uh, also have the rest and digest system that also gets things to move out of your body. And so the first thing that we're checking is to see which one needs a little bit of a boost here. And so we're, we're conscious about that. And then we're checking, you know, sacrums and we're doing, you know, we'll do that, that maps, the, the McLaughlin assessment protocol. Um, I might do one, maybe two things in that visit, but a lot of the stuff is homework. And so that's, again, why I like it being low tech is it's stuff that they can do or a partner can do. I just happen to have a, um, a clinical outcome I'm trying to achieve because one of the things as we talk about this entity of nerve interference, subluxation, there's a chiropractor named Christopher Kent who came up with a really cool paper that said, and this is, I think, part of the reason why when, when people seek out chiropractors, it seems confusing. It's because some of us work in one of three you know, different models. One model is what, what Kent calls a, a segmental model. If you ever have a chiropractor say that this vertebra is out of position and that affects you know, your uterus or it affects your vision or it affects your, your heart, then that's that segmental uh, approach to chiropractic. There's a postural model that some chiropractors are looking for the spine curves and your posture and trying to uh, picture like how orthodontists look at really nice, straight, pretty teeth, right? We've got a model of that in chiropractic. And then we also have this dural or tonal model where we're looking at how the, the tone of the nerve system and the dura is, is all, that's a protective wrapper around the, the nerve system, how all of that's playing together too. And so you can have vastly different experiences with chiropractors who are in those different models. We have a, have a combination of those. And so part of what I'm looking at is using the, this, and this is kind of like the, the new way of, that, that I brought into to approaching things like spinning babies is we look at that posture photo when we say, hey, listen, your rib cage is over here and your hips are over here. We should probably do this thing called a sideline release to open that up, right? And so as I'm starting to understand more of the fascial work, I'm probably getting into like, I might do one or two things there, but uh, I do a lot of referring out uh, for this. So um, yeah, the other question that I have is when I'm adjusting a sacrum, how do I know that it's clear? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and is there one of the funny questions, this is kind of a, a secret point that not many people know about chiropractic, but we argue all the time about the best way to correct something. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like, we circle the wagons and we like point in and, uh, yeah, I mean, you're speaking of the, the thing, choir, right? I'm a technique, just purist when it comes to stuff. So yeah, you're absolutely speaking my language now. Yeah. So we, uh, so I always like playing with that a little bit because there's, there's a lot of ways to adjust the sacrum. And so I've actually, you know, 
I published a study that just got accepted. It got accepted at a research conference last year and just got accepted at another research conference. But it looked at Webster technique and uh, something we call sacro technique, where we're looking at how the, how the pelvis is moving and using wedges underneath the mom's pelvis in order to balance that out. And so um, trying to figure out if the tailbone's moving too much, you don't really want to thrust into something that's moving too much. We want to stabilize that. So how often are we seeing that, uh, that someone's sacrum is moving too much. I'll tell you how you know. Sure. When that mom is sitting down and she goes to stand up and she feels like her back hurts, like her pelvis is falling apart, but then she stands for a little while and it starts to feel better, or even if she wears high heels and it makes it better, what that's doing is it's tightening those muscles up uh, to help hold that sacroiliac joint together. Yeah. In the studies that I did, it was about 10% of moms. And yeah. so you know, should we be checking for that more often? Should we be releasing, uh, again, we talk about that dural or tonal model, is the best way to correct a sacrum maybe by releasing the, the ligament that attaches it and so it can, it can start moving better? Or is it to do what I probably do most of the time, which is put my hands on the tailbone and use a drop weight piece? Or is it a benefit to laying them on their side and adjusting them? Right. Um, so all that kind of stuff I play with. I get really curious about it. And, um, the, the, the thing with the fascia work that messes with me is as chiropractors, we have some very tried and true indicators. They're kind of our sacred cows. Like we look at the length of somebody's legs and see if it changes when we adjust them. Uh, we look at the length of their arms when we put it over their head to see if maybe they've got some muscle restrictions. Well, I've been playing around with some of this work and seeing my indicators I've used my entire career start changing without adjusting people. And that's really messing with me. So... <laughs> So I like bringing all that together. And, and as we talk about comprehensive care, I also, you know, Southwest Florida, we don't have a, a huge population here. And so there's not a whole lot of birth workers. We're not in California where you got people all over the place. So um, I've had to bring people along. I've had to, you know, be able to talk with OBs. I've been able to, you know, be able to talk to midwives. I actually, I've, I've worked with midwives for, for a long time, but the the thing that, that right now that I'm probably the most um, passionate about and secretly what all my research is building towards is a question that I didn't, I didn't, I was very on the fence about. Uh, this is something that Dan, you and I both do, and, and we don't talk about it a whole lot as chiropractors because we're kind of afraid about doing it. But when we, and I, I know that you have your dual certification, and I don't, I commend you for, for going through that process. Um, we will attend, we'll attend labors, and I was very on the fence about whether or not we had, uh, whether or not that was a good thing, whether or not we, we could have an impact, because it always seemed to me that when I got a phone call that said, I've got a mom who's stalling, that it was a Hail Mary. It was like, well, we've tried everything else. Let's call the chiropractor. And I'll tell you from, you know, I've had friends of mine that I got called to and I would adjust them and they ended up in a C-section. My son, 47 hours of labor, believe me, we tried everything. I had adjusting her, adjusting her, and he was stuck. And so he ended up as a C-section too. And so from those experiences, I was very like, well, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it wasn't until I started understanding the pelvis a little bit better, humbling myself and saying, maybe I don't know everything, maybe I need to learn from these other people, that um, I ended up with a tool set that allowed me to have a very healing process. I got called to another friend's birth, it was about almost a year ago now, a very similar presentation as, as what was going on with my son's mom. And I was able to open up her pelvis and see her body in a different way that I hadn't been able to see before. It was, that was the moment. And this is, this is how, you know, things kind of work together in the universe. Sometimes it was like, 
it was the day before I taught my first ICPA class. Um, it was amazing. And, uh, she, you know, she, after I left, uh, the, I forgot my pregnancy pillows. We use these pillows that, that moms lay down on to kind of put their belly in a basket. I had gotten all the way back to my office, forgot my pregnancy pillows said, Oh shoot, I got to go back. I went back and I heard her singing that baby out. I was like, woohoo, we did it. Right. Uh, actually published that one, uh, at the last research conference because kinds of things, right. That, that says, all right, so Webster's great. Are there points in time? I mean, we look at a, in our research, we're super biased. We, you know, if you look at the research right now, um, prior to the stuff that I was publishing, Webster technique is hundred percent effective according to us in chiropractic because we only publish our successes Yeah, right. in, in 15 years of practice. It's not really hundred percent effective. We have times when it doesn't work. And so asking the question about why, um, instead of just giving that up to, oh, well, you know, that's just birth. Maybe there's some other stuff we can learn from it. And so that was a lot of the stuff that I was publishing on um, uh, back in uh, two weeks ago up in Baltimore was, was talking about, well, when you've been doing this for three to eight visits and you have a baby who isn't in the right position, here are some other things we may want to start looking at. And if we do, what does that look like? Right. So um, that's basically what I teach to other chiropractors now. I travel around to do that. I think, um, I think you said a lot of really interesting stuff there. I, I, for, again, I always come back to the healthcare consumer, you know, who are the moms that are listening and how is this relevant to them? You know, I, in the birth world, I've learned a couple lessons. Um, and a lot of it actually came from my doula training, believe it or not, because, you know, when I, when I first started taking care of pregnant moms, um, I kind of had a very elitist attitude about it. Like, it's my way or the highway. I'm only taking moms with good outcomes. If moms can't get a good outcome or they don't want to have the type of birth that I want, then, you know, goodbye. And that was my own short-sightedness. There was a lot of negativity that, that I brought to those birthing experiences, which again, it takes the power away from mama. Um, and I was doing it unknowingly. Um, mm -hmm. it, it took my doula trainer to kind of kick me in the butt and say, what, what are you thinking? Why are you doing this? And I didn't know yeah. because again, I'm, I'm a man. I, 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 never had a baby before, but holding space and really realizing that a mom's experience in birth is unique to her. Uh, there's a lot of factors that lead up into that birthing experience that probably go way back to before preconception. Um, and when you find a provider, you're really looking for a provider who is thinking the way that Dr. John is thinking. You're thinking of a provider who is looking at all the potential variables, right? And then allowing those variables to play out so that the mom has the best possible birthing experience that she can possibly have. So now yeah. what I'll see, if I have a mom who comes in and wants to have an elective C-section, my job is not to judge her in that. My job is to make sure she has the best possible C-section to use every tool in my toolbox to make sure she yeah. has that. And if that means that we're going to co-manage with another, you know, couple people, or we're going to have a team involved then by all freaking means, I mean, our, our friend, Caitlin Clark, um, yeah. She and I just co-managed a case where um, one of my mamas was traveling back and forth between here and Santa Cruz, which is like a three-hour drive, to make sure she had the birthing experience that she wanted. And Caitlin works in a clinic or a, a birthing center where there's like a hundred percent VBAC rate. It's incredible what they're doing up there. But the, re the reason they have that is not because they're lucky. The reason they have a hundred percent VBAC rate is because they prepare for it and they have the providers who support moms through the process. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's unheard of. I don't, I, I mean, in my community, like a VBAC, like totally will never happen. 
I mean, I think it's like a 5% VBAC rate in my community because uh, docs don't like them. They don't do them. They scare the crap out of the moms uh, to influence their decisions. Um, so, I mean, I think that says a lot about, you know, what moms need to do when they're looking for those appropriate providers. And chiropractors are great because they're portal of entry when it comes to stuff like that. I'll have yeah. moms come into my clinic and I ask them, the first thing I ask my moms when they come in, if they're pregnant, is if you close your eyes and visualize your perfect birth, what does that look like? honestly, most of those moms, not only have they've never been asked that question before, but they don't know. They don't know the common refrain that I'm sure you get this all the time. The common refrain we get from moms is, well, I just want to have a happy, healthy baby. Yeah. What does that mean? You can have a happy, healthy baby with a really violent birth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is, that's not, not good for, you know, the overall experience for you. It's, it's also a good, um, so this is the other area that I don't know, just kind of really hits me for some reason whenever I talk about it. Um, perinatal mood disorders, so they're more commonly like, like postpartum depression. So it's, it's um, they used to just kind of get swept under the rug like baby blues and, uh, oh, it's just kind of, you're just adjusting to being a new mom. Um, it, there's a documentary called The Dark Side of the Full Moon. And that was, for me, you had your doula kind of, you know, doula training knock you up the head. This was, this was my moment was I got invited to a screening of this movie and it, it, in that it said that, um, perinatal mood disorders impact one out of seven women. That's more common than back pain. It's the most common condition of pregnancy. And I was at the point in time, I was collecting a lot of research and data on quality of life where we were asking questions about depression and anxiety and satisfaction with social role because I was part of a big research project that was tracking how chiropractic impacts quality of life. And it was one of the things that a lot of us do, like we have a form that you fill out of the doctor's office. And then we were taking that form and we put it into a file so we could analyze the thing later because really it was a lot kind of like, at the time it was honestly, my mom was working my front desk and I was the doctor and that was, it was just the two of us. And so, um, I'm watching this and I'm seeing it's one in seven and one in 1000 have like what they, you know, what you see on, unfortunately on the news with the psychosis. Um, and I was doing the math at how many patients I would see in a year. And I was realizing I was seeing it all the time and totally missing it. That I wasn't having the conversation. And um, that was, again, I, a lot of things that I've learned have been because of mistakes I've made and failures mm-hmm. that I've had. And that's probably one of the biggest ones was sure. that I wasn't, I wasn't opening that conversation, um, wasn't leaving space for those moms because as a chiropractor, I'm interested in nerve system function, right? And so I was just saying, hey, how's, how's this functioning? And they do the, I don't know, Southwest Florida is a little funny this way. I don't know, it's, it may be a cultural difference, but we have a lot of people who are transplants from the Midwest. That's I'm originally from Nebraska. And so um, I, I recognize this as just kind of the, you know, the, the cordial thing to say, which is, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, right? Right. And they weren't. And when I started opening up about, um, I was apologizing essentially to my community uh, online. And I started having all these moms who were writing to me about the struggles they had. And they just didn't really, they didn't have anywhere to talk about it. So um, one of the things that I've recently started understanding better about the neurology is that there are ways that chiropractors can actually start screening for this just by looking at how someone holds their head, by looking at how their eyeballs respond to light, by looking at their heart rate and their respiratory rate, that the physiology 
that, that, that goes on with things like, um, uh, there's, a, there's a doctor named uh, Dr. Amen who's been doing these really cool imaging studies of the brain. And what he does is he, he looks at how the brain is pulling in food. He looks at glucose. And he can identify that there are areas of the brain specifically that get impacted by anxiety and depression. Well, those same areas, when they're working right, are responsible for keeping your head upright and your muscles relaxed. They're responsible for allowing your body to go through just life, just kind of normal. But if they're not firing right, they tighten up muscles on that side. So it'll give you a little head tilt. And they also kick the body into a fight or flight system. So we've been going through this process now of taking all these posture photos with all these moms, looking back at some of our, our uh, the data we've been collecting and finding that we as chiropractors are actually have a really effective tool for screening for things like postpartum depression. And here's the interesting thing about it is that part of the reason why we may not see it as often postpartum in our moms, in our specific moms, is that we are doing something about it to their neurology. So we're changing how their brains are firing because we're adjusting them. Yeah. I mean, that, that is one of the, I mean, if you want to talk about changing, changing lives, that's, uh, that's one of the most exciting parts of the research that we're doing right now is stepping into that space, not just with the physical body, but the mental and emotional health of these moms as well. Not being their counselors, not being psychologists, but still staying into the, the, the lane that we are the best at, which is looking at balance and symmetry in how the neurology is functioning and seeing changes in how people feel and how they bond with their kids. Perfect. You're, you're describing pretty much the entire seminar. I just ran in my office on Wednesday night. I mean, oh, cool. my good friend, Tony Abel talks about the five D's and you know, it's, it, we see this all the time in moms and it shifts. Dyskinesia is a huge problem in our moms because of old longstanding traumas that they've had that tend to warp as a result of increases in progesterone. And, um, as a result, you, you know, you got a whole bunch of ho like neurological stuff that will come down the pipe. I mean, I'm a huge neuroscience dork. So now you're speaking my language, yeah, but um, yeah, I think you, I think you really talked about that beautifully. Um, John, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in this because uh, yeah. we're running a little long on time, but I, uh, sure. I, I want to try to get you back on a little later. Cause I think we can talk about this stuff for a long time. That topic that we didn't get to with regards to men in the, in the birth world, I think yeah. we can do an entire podcast on this because it's so close to my heart and it's, mm -hmm. it's something that I really want to chat with you about. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody how to get a hold of you in case they're listening from Florida? Oh sure, yeah. Um, so the, the best ways to to get in touch our our uh, Facebook page is Mama's Chiropractic Clinic, uh, M A M A S. And uh, if you want to send us uh, send us any information or you have any questions, uh, that's an easy way to do it. Also, the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, Discover Kids Health, Discover Kids Health, yeah, dot com. Uh, also, ICPA for Kids. Has a if you just Google search for that uh, has a directory listing um, for chiropractors in your area that uh, a lot of them as as I'm going around are getting trained in a lot of this stuff too. Um, I'll actually be out in LA coming up this year, so uh, this, the seminar series uh, is returning to Los Angeles. I think in September is when I'll be out there. So awesome! I better see you there. <laughs> yeah, I've been making an effort to be out there, man. I'm that's, traveling. That's, that's so when much I that's year. that's when I got to meet Caitlin. Actually, was at that series in San Francisco. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, 
I think uh, I, I got to make it happen. My travel schedule is so crappy this year. I'm going to be on the road like 120,000 miles. You're teaching and spreading the, spreading the message too. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, ditto. Very, very ditto. So, um, John, I appreciate you being on. Um, yeah. I, I thank you for taking the, uh, the hour away that we just uh, spent talking to everybody. Um, folks, if you live in Florida, if you live in John's area, you know, and you're, you're pregnant, you need to see this guy. Absolutely. And if you're a chiropractor, and you take care of kids and you take care of pregnant moms and you haven't started working with the ICPA yet, get going. There's no better training. There's no better higher gold standard than ICPA uh, to be able to hone your craft, to be able to take care of these pregnant moms in a way that's meaningful. All right. So guys, uh, until uh, next week, thank you much. And uh, John, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. I had a ton of fun.